0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me. Now, we got other stuff we got to talk about, uh, but I want to review for you right now where things stand as results have come in uh, based on called races. Uh, So, Wisconsin has been called for Ron Johnson. Pennsylvania has flipped to the Democrats with John Fetterman. Georgia is headed to a runoff. In Nevada, Adam Laxalt is up 3%. If Adam Laxalt wins Nevada, there will be a 50-50 Senate. Why? Because the race in Alaska has not been called between uh Kelly is it Shabaka and Lisa Murkowski uh the rival Republican non- McConnell fan could actually win in Alaska. Either way, it's going to be a Republican who wins. So that's a 50/50 Senate. Blake Masters has a path to victory though narrow in Arizona. If Blake Masters wins, that becomes a 51-seat Republican majority with Georgia still in a runoff. If Walker wins, that goes up to 52, which is pretty good for the GOP, actually, when we were looking at a 51 to 53 seats in it. However, Masters' path forward is very small. It is possible for him to win. He's only up uh, – well, he's down five points, which is the problem. Kelly Lake is behind, uh, I'm sorry, Carrie Lake is behind Kelly, what's her name, uh, Katie Hobbs in Arizona, but barely. And the Lake campaign and outside Republican groups believe that uh, Lake will actually win in Arizona still. The Democrat has a 0.65% lead. There's 66% of the vote in. uh, So there's still a, a path forward there. The Nevada governor's race, Republicans are up five. It looks more and more likely that the House Republicans will have a very slim majority. Based on the votes outstanding right now, there have been 176 declared races for the Democrats and 203 declared races for the Republicans. The Republicans have a chance to get maybe – to they need 218 and they could get to 225 or 230 total. It's going to be a very narrow margin, about as narrow as the Democrats' five-vote margin right now, maybe slightly bigger than that, assuming they pull it off. There are still a lot of races that are outstanding, uh, particularly on the West Coast in California, where the inner uh, Inland Empire area there is actually the Republicans are doing very well and look like they're going to pick up these seats. There are a couple of outstanding races, for example, in, in New York that have yet to be called but are headed in that way. Uh, Sean Patrick Maloney has lost his seat to Mike Lawler in New York. That's the 17th Congressional District. And the Republicans have completely wiped out uh, every Democrat on Long Island. George Santos beat Robert Zimmerman. Uh, Anthony Desposito beat Lauren Gillen. Andrew Garbarino, the incumbent, beat Jackie Gordon. And Nick LaLatta beat Bridget Fleming there pretty big night there. Now, what does the rest of this look like? Well, what it looks like is a path forward. How do we get a path forward? How how do we govern? I have a suggestion. This is a little crazy, but it used to happen, believe it or not. Years ago, Congress actually allowed the legislators to legislate. They didn't set an agenda. They didn't rely on the White House. They legislated. They drafted the laws. They sent them to committee. The committees debated their merits. They marked them up. They got bipartisan interest. They compromised. They passed them from committee. They sent them to the House. The far left and the far right tended to hate them, and everybody else loved them, and they passed it, and they sent it to the Senate, and the Senate did the same thing. Instead of doing this top-down – a path forward where the leadership writes the legislation and everybody else is forced to vote for it, sight unseen often. It took weeks, if not months, to draft the legislation. They did it by a committee process, and they were able to get a lot of stuff done, and the legislators legislated as opposed to just showing up and voting for something someone else wrote my guess is if the republicans have a very narrow victory that's what they should do the democrats of course will try to maneuver around them but i think the gop is gonna have to allow the legislator legislators to legislate particularly if they want to hold Biden accountable, get some stuff done, build coalitions, make some compromises, and win. I, as a conservative, probably won't like a lot of it because it will grow government. But it's very clear neither the Republicans nor the Democrats at this point are really committed to being a party of small government. So if you're going to grow government, at least grow it where both sides get a little bit of buy-in if you have a narrow ability to get anything done so that you get something done. But on the really big stuff, fight like hell and allow gridlock to work because gridlock is good. Spare me the Democratic uh, Green New Deal. That would be appreciated. And then take a little heart if you're a little bit despondent about what happened last night. Listen, we all got it wrong. I got it wrong. I, I absolutely got it wrong. I looked at the trend lines. I looked at the public polling. I looked at the private polling. I talked to my Democratic strategist friends. I talked to my Republican strategist friends. Everybody got it wrong. Nobody saw it coming except for the professional contrarians who generally get everything wrong and then boast about when they got it right because when everybody says something, they say the opposite, banking that at some point they're going to get it right. Those are the people who got it right. Those are the people who want credit for it. But the reality is that Democratic and Republican strategists across the country thought this would be a Republican wave and acted accordingly, and it turns out independent voters broke for the Democrats in large swaths of this country and did so on the issue of stability. They may not like the economy. In fact, they don't like the economy, but they were worried Republicans actually were unstable candidates. Here's from CBS, their exit polling.
1: Compared to the two years ago, family finances are far worse than they were. Some people saying it's about the same, but very few people saying it's better.
0: Exactly. This from Mark Thiessen on Fox News. We have the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened, and there wasn't a red wave that is a searing indictment of the republican party that is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters yep it's true the gop does have to own this uh, but there was some positive news for the gop including their hispanic vote margins this from nbc news i had a democratic consultant say to me i'm t- we we got to stop putting latinos in a box and trying to like treat them as african americans that they- there's one issue that will somehow unite that Latino voters are are just what Jose said, stop trying to single them out. Instead, whatever you're pitching swing voters, pitch that to Latino voters. That demographics and just like the same thing, how we carve up the white vote in those different buckets, but that's how you would. The Latino vote is no different.
2: But don't ignore them. I mean, uh, a recent Naleo poll
0: shows that 44 percent of Latinos didn't get any outreach or information from either political party, 44%. And
3: and they've been turning more, certainly turning more Republican, but it's also, I've seen voters interviewed who are Latino voters in Texas and other places who are praising the busing of migrants. They're they're as concerned about the immigration crisis as anyone else is.
0: Uh, Except, you know, Hispanic voters actually want a secure border. That sort of thing matters, matters greatly. And the Democrats can't figure it out. One of the really bright, shining silver linings for Republicans is that the Latino vote shifted in a very big way to the GOP, bigger than the African-American vote, but that also shifted to the GOP. The only group that went more towards the Democrats right now, uh, according to the final revised exits of who actually voted in interviews with them, are white college-educated women. Uh, But they showed up in large numbers. Now I want to take a phone call here. Jerry, I'm going to go to you next. Welcome to the show. How are you?
4: Hey, good. Thanks for taking my call, Eric. Uh, You provide a lot of insight for this old 82-year-old Navy veteran.
0: Well, thank you for your service.
4: Uh, thank the guys that didn't come home, and the ones that didn't bring home all of their limbs. I just served when it was in peacetime. Maybe. Anyway, um, I'm a, a retired, uh, self, uh, I guess, educated pilot. After I left a uh, couple of major corporations, in fact, I didn't start flying till I was 46 years old. But in my travels, I came across an airplane and eventually sold it and happened to sell it to a gentleman in 2015 who happened to be the chief of air operations for one Donald J. Trump. And when I delivered the airplane <clears throat> down in Brunswick, Georgia, I happened to ask him, I said, Joe, what's Mr. Trump like to work for? And he said, I've worked for him for 25 years. And he said, there are three things you don't do. You don't lie to him, you don't steal from him, and you don't make him look bad. Mm-hmm. And that was a convincing argument for me at the time. The two things I felt that uh, he had going for him were the fact that uh, he was a businessman and not a politician. And he did a lot of good things that he never talked about that people don't even know about. That, you know, flew an aircraft of his own over to the Middle East to bring pilots home because our government wouldn't do it right. uh, to bring troops home. You know, you never read about stuff like that. Yeah. The other thing was that I think that really undid him was couldn't stay off of Twitter. And, you know, I agree with the fact that uh, Brian Kemp did the right thing in ignoring the, uh, the noise. And I think that uh, Donald Trump came at the right time in history to do what he did. A lot of people poo poo that idea and, and, you know, think he was just a lot of bluster.
0: Yeah. I think
4: history will prove me right.
0: I got to say, um, he definitely transformed American politics in ways people don't understand. And, you know, I knew him before he ran for president. I had this experience with him where in 2011, I believe it was, I had to go interview him at uh, Trump Tower in New York. And I walked in the door, and he was there where all the escalators are in, in Trump Tower, just, I mean, helping the janitor, just just talking it up to the janitor as, mm-hmm. as if they were long-lost best friends, just deeply yeah. down to earth and, and understood and connected with working-class voters. He did a very good job Correct. of that. Um, the the problem, I think, is, is – and, Jerry, thank you for the phone call – he likes the limelight, likes it pretty significantly – and can't let it go and cede it to other people because I think he wonders if he will be relevant. There, There is a, a joke among people on talk radio that uh, you should die behind the microphone because if you retire, the next day people are going to get up and they're going to hear the new voice and forget all about you. Um, there are some exceptions to that. I think uh, Rush Limbaugh, but uh, he by and large died behind the microphone. Uh, but people who retire— go away, and then they're like, well, I want to come back. Trump wants to stay in the limelight. And at some point, I do think he's going to have to decide, do I stay in the limelight? And uh, what's the quote from the the Dark Knight movie? Uh, Live long enough to become the villain? That's something that looks to be happening with Republicans. I got to tell you, on January 7th, 2021, the only calls I got from people were the angry calls mad at me for saying he shouldn't have provoked people to storm the Capitol. Everybody defended him. Now, overwhelmingly, voters are like, yeah, he kind of owns some of this. We need to move on to someone else. It's been a remarkable shift over the last two years to watch, and I think it probably escalates. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington, we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 973 Seven four two five. If you'd like to be on the program, happy to help you, Michael. You're going to be up next. Welcome.
2: Hey, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. So I think what the Republicans should look back on uh, last night and learn is that one, uh, Donald Trump may have lost him the Senate for the second time due to his large ego. Uh, that he has pushed candidates that really didn't have a chance to win or a narrative that really wasn't backed up. And the second thing is that not only did Ron DeSantis win by a large margin, I think they should take a look, and you kind of laid it out in telling about the counties that he won, the types of voters and the makeup of the voters that he won, You know, Hispanics, uh, the international populations in Florida, African-Americans, business people, and that that should be the candidate that we need to rally around. And if if I may, on, on a personal note, um, I, I'm a cancer survivor, and I was told 21 years ago that, uh, as I was told to my dad, that this may not turn out well for me. But here I am, 21 years ago, 21 years later, talking to you.
0: Good for you. And wow.
2: uh, yeah, and, and well, I hope <clears throat> hope that uh, everything goes
0: well. well and for your you wife know, I, and I'm sorry, scans. Michael. I, I I should have said something earlier on on the program because I've been been getting a lot of emails from people. Uh, my wife had her scan, her quarterly on- oncology scans yesterday, and the radiology labs at Emory have been so backed up. We still don't actually know the results of the scans. This is the first time oh, it's wow. ever happened.
2: Well, we're well, just okay. kind of yeah. waiting. Keep the faith because yeah, the, the Lord does work in wonderful and mysterious ways, and you and
0: your wife are in my prayers. Well, so thank you. Sir. Thank you thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, folks, uh, and I'm sorry, I should have said something to you guys sooner. Um, and thank you, Michael, for bringing that up. Yeah, we have no idea what her scan results We assume no news is good news. That's kind of how we're treating it uh, for our own peace of mind. But, yep, the uh, my wife had her CT scan of her lungs yesterday. She saw the doctor's nurse around 1.30 yesterday, and uh, her labs look good, like her blood work and all are fine, but they couldn't get her scans read. And so we're just waiting for them to call and tell her that everything's okay or not. Uh, we assume everything's okay, but yeah, that's the holdup. Um, your phone calls when we come back, 877 973 7425. But there is other stuff that has to be talked about, including what comes next for both parties. Nancy Pelosi intends to lead the leadership of the Democratic Party. Republicans are questioning everything and finding who to blame. And what they need to do, because everyone, themselves and the Democrats, expected them to do well last night, and they did not. Uh, And they want to know why. Why didn't they do well? Was it abortion? Uh, The Democrats, of course, are pushing it was abortion, except every governor who pushed a massive pro-life law won last night. Uh, You would have thought the Democrats would have beat them, whether it was Brian Kemp or Ron DeSantis or Kim Reynolds or Bill Lee or Greg Abbott. They all won, and they won overwhelmingly. So maybe abortion isn't the thing the media says it is in in terms of a winning issue. Maybe it's other stuff. Maybe it even goes beyond Trump. I suspect it does, although there is a common thread in him and a lot of the people he supports and and what happened. I'm happy to take your calls as well, 877-973-7425. But I want to talk about the shakeup and the leadership races. It looks like Steve Scalise will not be challenging Kevin McCarthy for the speaker's post. It does look like the Republicans will take the House of Representatives. More races have been called. The GOP did very, very well in New York last night. Uh, They're up to 204-1 races to 176 in the House. Uh, The rest are outstanding. And we're at 48-48 in the United States Senate. Alaska has not been called. Nevada has not been called. Arizona has not been called, and Georgia is going to a runoff. Alaska will guaranteed be run by, won by a Republican. We just don't know which one. Uh, that brings us to 49 Republicans. If Laxalt wins, which is people's expectation, that's 50. So then we get Arizona and Georgia. The holidays are the most exciting time of the year. And if you want to enjoy them to the fullest, you need to get the best night's sleep every single night. It's easier than it sounds. All you need are the softest, most luxurious organic cotton sheets from Bowling Branch. They're made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They make a difference. You can truly feel night after night. I have to tell you, as someone who sleeps on them every night, the more you wash them, the softer they get. And, you know, we've got a very thick mattress, and they actually fit the mattress. The The fitted sheet fits our mattress. It doesn't snap off because of the thickness of the mattress, and it doesn't shrink up either, which is great. Bolin Branch products are made different. You get a great night's sleep, and every time you wash them, you get an even better sleep under even softer sheets. Their signature sheets even come wrapped and are ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. Your gift will look and feel great. It's the unboxing experience they'll never forget. Give the gift of a better night's sleep with and Branch right now. You get early access to their Black Friday sale with my promo code. Get 25% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlinBranch.com. That's Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric. The offer ends November 27th. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the phones. Real quick before I go back to the phone calls. Georgia will have a runoff for the U.S. Senate. Uh, I have been overwhelmed with people saying, oh, my gosh, Republicans suck in the runoffs in Georgia. That's not actually true. You go all the way back to the 1990s and Republicans, if they got into a runoff, could win. It went from about 98 until 2021. Republicans won the runoffs. The reason is because Republicans had a turnout machine in Georgia. The Democrats could not rival. There are and there were more Republicans in the state of Georgia and they turned out. Problem is in 2021, Republican leaders in the GOP and the president of the United States told all the Republicans, don't bother, it's going to be stolen, and Republicans didn't turn out. There were 700,000 people who voted in the November general election in 2020 who did not vote in the January 2021 runoff of that 700,000, 427,205 were registered Republicans, and the odds are they would have voted Republican, and they chose not to run or not to to go vote. And so Warnock and Ossoff won. Now, if the Republicans all turn out and they all vote Republican, that helps Herschel Walker in Georgia. The problem, however, is this— Walker has a woman problem, and I don't mean the abortions or the woman with the gun to her head. The Walker campaign did a terrible job allaying the fears of female Republican voters. I know too many to be able to count on my fingers and toes of women who refused to vote for Herschel Walker. They voted for Kemp. If you are a longtime listener of this program going back to the primaries, I told every single one of you that Walker had so much baggage he would be the easiest Republican to beat. Whether it was Gary Black or Latham Sadler or Kelvin King or Josh Clark or any other Republican, they would have won last night in Georgia. But Herschel's in a runoff. He can still win. There are more Republicans than there are Democrats in Georgia. Brian Kemp won by nine percentage points, 8.7%. But he couldn't carry Herschel Walker across the finish line because of independent voters who voted for Kemp, but would not vote for Walker. Typically, it's the parties that turn out in runoffs, not independent voters. And if it is a party election, Walker has an advantage, but it's going to be very tight. It's going to be all hands on deck. It's going to be a massive ground game operation. And if it's a 50-50 Senate, I suspect Republicans are going to want to win, Particularly if the Republicans control the House, I, I think you will get this this level of enthusiasm on the Republican side that you don't necessarily have on the, on the Democratic side because they're desperate for the win to control both houses. And the Democrats already know we're not going to get anything done anyway, but it's going to be close. And it also comes down to what happens in Nevada because I think if, if Nevada and Arizona both go to the Democrats – then there's no reason Republicans will not be motivated to go vote because it will only be a 51-49 Senate. They should go vote, but they might not be motivated to keep it close. I don't know that given the trajectory of the races and all that I'm the best person to speculate on it, but I can tell you how these sorts of things play out generally. And I do suspect what we are going to see is a massive four-week blitz in the state of Georgia. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer at this point. We will see that. Uh, Never have I wanted to see the ED ads and the Depends ads. I'm tired of the political commercials, and that's all we're going to get. But I would like to thank—I would like to congratulate, actually. I would like to congratulate Cox Media Group. Cox Media Group— Owns the biggest cluster of radio stations and the biggest TV station in the Metro Atlanta area. I would like to congratulate Cox Media Group for winning. They have won by there being a runoff because the amount of ad revenue that company is about to get makes me not feel so anxious about all of my contract demands. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, the amount of money the the media market in Atlanta and around Georgia is going to get. I want it over so bad. Y'all, I want to be done. I just, I want to be done. Give me the Viagra ads, not the Herschel Walker took Viagra ads. I just, oh, my gosh, holy moly. I'm ready to get back to, like, uh, the, the terrible. I'm so tired of the political ads. I'm ready for this. I was ready for this election to be over weeks ago, and now i got to go four more weeks through Thanksgiving. We'll get there eventually, I promise. We we always get through it. I I will tell you if you're despondent about the election as well, God's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. You don't have to despair. Now we go to the phones. Uh, Amber, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Mr. Erickson. Um, So my husband and I, we do landscaping, And we're considered lower middle class, very hard laborers with two children and forced to put them in private school. Thank God those private schools helped with a uh, scholarship of some kind, but we still have to pay a large amount. And every election we get stomped over because we find that the real fight is between the populace and the establishment. And the, uh, the populace tend to go with trends. Um, to grab up most of the middle class, but the establishment seems to stomp all over people like us because the corporatists in them, as well as the left, the left and right establishment, the corporatists in them, becomes much more important than the actual people that are laboring, especially those carpetbaggers that moved all our industry across uh, to other countries by working with the with the left, like the Obama administration, who wanted our businesses. To help build with globalism but then the one that so they raise the taxes which then causes the republicans to move their bigger business across the the ocean and give china the upper hand in our manufacturing and then i watch middle of america get addicted to opioids and all kinds of alcohol so there's not really a place for us which is why we voted for trump and it seems like the big battle has been between the establishment conservatives and the populist conservatives, and we're and, and the wacky far leftists are used as fodder in order to get everyone motivated, and I just feel left out of the situation, and I'm always grasping at who to vote for, and I don't want to vote for the lesser of the two evils. I want to vote for something that's not evil at all, and I know we're human, and I know that's difficult, but we stay in prayer a lot, but we're really struggling to understand why we're bounced back and forth and the actual labor force of america is always stomped on in order for the two powers that that be you know, the struggle and play
0: I, i'm really glad you called in and said that and i hope people took to heart your comments um you know it, ronald reagan said that populism is kind of at the heart of conservatism that you can find the issues that resonate with people and from a conservative angle pursue them. And I think the Republicans kinda made the mistake of bifurcating it. We either have to be chamber of commerce or we have to be anti-chamber of commerce. We have to be all for big business or all for small business. I would rather be all for small business because, frankly, I don't think uh, big business is our friend. Wall Street is not the friend of Main Street. They compete with Main Street and try to drive Main Street out of business and have better lobbyists than Main Street. And I do think we are seeing a crop of Republicans around the country who are starting to gravitate towards that and recognize that. And, Amber, let me just say, uh, first, thanks for calling in and saying that. And, And second, I do tend to think the Republican Party is realizing that working-class voters are where their future is. You don't have to have a college degree or you shouldn't have to have a college degree to get ahead in America. And I think Republicans have an angle to pursue with that, to to pursue the advancement of their agenda with people who are not college-educated but hard workers. A, a, a Philip, who works for me, took a, took a class in, in college— And the professor, he was saying, asked a question, what's the difference between a banker and a truck driver? The college degree. The banker and the truck driver in America, the average banker salary and the average truck driver salary is the same in America. But the banker is looked at as a professional, and the truck driver is not because the truck driver lacks the college degree. And as the Democratic Party becomes more upper-income white – They tend to ignore those people more, even though they're some of the most productive members of society, and the Republicans have a way to go forward there, to go forward with the small business owner and the entrepreneur, to prop up the entrepreneurial class of the person who starts their own landscaping business, of the person who runs the barbershop. What I think got away from Republicans last night was that voters are tired of relitigating 2020, and the Democrats were very good at connecting Republican relitigation of 2020 with people who weren't stable enough to vote in office. And frankly, if we're honest about it, there were too many Republicans who ran last night who lost, who said all the right things, and everybody knew they were full of crap. They sounded Trumpy, and everyone knew they weren't authentic. They were just trying to get Trump voters, and they alienated themselves from everyone. We need authentic candidates, but we need good candidates. Candidate quality must matter. And if there's one takeaway to come from last night, it must be candidate quality matters, Dr. Oz. Back to the phones. Edward, you're going to be the last caller today. Edward, how are you?
3: I'm real good how are you doing there I really like the comments you just made uh, uh, the lady that called in and then the uh, comments you made about college and everything else thank you uh, yeah, great you have a great show I haven't listened to it much yet uh, because I travel a lot and you know sometimes I pick you up on the radio and I don't but i I only have one comment uh, really two comments just one real quick one about you we're talking about college people forget that college is big business and that's why yep. I do not endorse paying off these student loans let the colleges dig into their multi-billion dollar endowment uh, funds and that that they have uh, my comment is about uh, president trump i support him wholeheartedly the last time around but to me now president trump is just a, a man that's got a lot of baggage that will never win the white house again and i do a lot of work with the government energy uh, department of energy up in south carolina and georgia and those ladies up there They don't like him. He is not popular anymore uh, if he was popular with them before. And I think Donald Trump can be very vindictive. And if he doesn't get it, uh, you know, he'll do what he can like he did with Kemp a few years back, put people out to say don't vote for him, don't vote for him. I think uh, Herschel Walker should keep as far away from Trump as he can. And if he gets uh, DeSantis and Kemp to go out there for him, I think he'll win that uh, runoff election. If he doesn't and Trump gets involved in that, I think Trump could yeah, be a listen. very negative for him. Hey, hey, hey.
0: Edward, first, I appreciate the comments. Thank you. Also, I'm getting a lot of text messages from a lot of Republican uh, politicos saying, please, for the love of God, will Trump stay away? That they really uh, do believe that if Trump comes in to campaign for Walker, that it hurts Walker, that Walker might be able to get by, uh, but he'll need to do it without Trump because Trump will motivate people to go vote for uh, Warnock or sit out who need to come. Uh, that You know, this is one of the hard parts the GOP is going to have to deal with is you've got people who they are so in the tank for Donald Trump, if you're not, you're the bad guy. I mean, I get hate mail from these people all the time that they can't understand that because they love Trump, others don't, and they think Trump is a necessary part. But increasingly, voters are seeing it's time to move forward. It's time to move on. It's time to leave the past in the past. And those are the loudest voices in the room, usually in the, on the right, but I also think they're increasingly the minority on the right. I think when Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy get in their room tonight and they try to assess what happened with this election, they need to get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack and clean the room's air, start over, breathe fresh. Eden Pure can help you do that, even if it can't help them. You can get a three pack of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. By going to EdenPureDeals.com and putting in my code ERIC3 on the front of that site, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier. It cleans the air. It, it eliminates the odors. Yes, it does get rid of the mildew, the dust, the pollen, the mold. You wipe it out. It's, uh, filter. it's, it's filterless. You don't have to get a filter subscription. But I use it for its odor elimination capabilities. If a hotel room stinks and I'm traveling, I keep one in my suitcase. I can plug it in, and away goes the bad odor. You can also use a USB cord and power it in a car, plug it into a USB outlet in a car. And I use it in rental cars. The rental car stinks. Works flawlessly. I use it when I fry in the kitchen. I have friends who use it because they have litter box odors, and it wipes out the litter box odors. I have a friend who uses it in his car for smoke odors. When he smokes a cigar in his car, it eliminates the odor so his wife doesn't know. <laughs> that one's creative. I like it. But the Eden Pure Thunderstorm really does work. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in my discount code Eric3. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code E R I C K 3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. No need to give you the phone number here. We're at the end of the show. uh A couple of takeaway thoughts. It really does look like the GOP may have a 10 seat majority. Uh, When this is all said and done, I'm just looking. They'll definitely get to 218, so they will take the House. We just don't know about the Senate yet, uh, and the way that the voting out west happens is so ridiculously slow. It is worth noting that Republicans in those states could have fixed the systems and refused. Uh, They could have improved those systems for counting. Republicans controlled, for example, Arizona, and they could have fixed those systems, and they chose not to. And that, I think, is, is one of the problems we're dealing with. That being said, uh, we continue to see movement for the Republicans. As of right now, ABC News is projecting the Republicans are at 210. They need eight more seats, they will get those eight seats. Uh, we have a 48 48 split in the uh, U.S. Senate. We will get the 49th seat very shortly. That will be Alaska. It will be called. That will leave Arizona and Nevada for determining whether it is a uh, 50-50 Senate or a 51 Senate. If it is 50-50, if Nevada goes GOP and, and Arizona goes Democrat, that leaves Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. Republicans are despairing in Georgia right now over that. They think Walker will have a hard time. I want to reiterate to all my Republican friends in Georgia, you have more votes than the Democrats, but you have to turn them out. And the party apparatus in the state of Georgia broke a number of years ago. And the party apparatus in Georgia that used to be able to find and turn out Republican voters does not exist anymore. It has been outsourced to the candidates. If Governor Kemp's team gets involved hard— and Kelly Leffler's outside group gets involved hard, you could see a real win for the GOP here. But it's got to be all hands on deck. It can't just be the Herschel Walker campaign. It must be all hands on deck. There's no reason to give up on this race. And you know, if Nevada and Arizona both go Democrats, uh, you mitigate your damages and have a cushion for Manchin and Cinema to continue to act out of turn on the Democratic side but it's looking like Nevada will go to the GOP and that will create a 50-50 Senate scenario with the worst case scenario for the GOP but you Republicans can get a majority if in Georgia you're willing to show up and vote for Herschel Walker it depends really on you because your number is out is bigger than the democratic number in the state if you vote